The COVID drug Paxlovid saves lives, and yet a lot of people can't access it in the first place. Clinical trials show that the antiviral pill lowers the chances of hospitalization or death by almost 90% for high-risk adults who get COVID. Paxlovid first got emergency FDA authorization in December, but health officials say the drug is being underused. Here's Dr. Anthony Fauci, the president's chief medical advisor, back in April. But what we really got to do is we've got to get the practicing physicians to realize that there is plenty of drug around. It is being underutilized. The U.S. recently started ramping up its production of the drug. But will people still have to jump through hoops to get it? Today, we're going to dig into the issue with Dr. Robert Murphy, an infectious disease specialist with Northwestern University's Feinberg School of Medicine. Hi, Dr. Murphy. Welcome to the show. Yes, thank you very much. What does Paxlovid do? Paxlovid actually uh, is an antiviral drug that directly inhibits it from replicating. Uh, so it shuts down its production, uh, and therefore the amount of virus in a person's body uh, mm-hmm. drops uh, dramatically. How long does the treatment take? Uh, the treatment is approved now for five days, and uh, that that is the the dose is the dose uh, three pills uh, twice a day for five days which was eua approved as you mentioned uh in december and the problem is uh that as soon as you stop taking it uh if there's still a lot of virus around the virus can pop back up again and that's been documented by a few breakthrough cases uh, after people have stopped treatment but most of them uh five days is enough so for for folks wanting to take it how soon after becoming symptomatic should you take Paxlovid? You have to take it very quickly after you've become symptomatic or your first test is positive. And okay. so that uh, the way the studies were designed show that if you take it in the first five days, that's when you get that good benefit. I've been seeing some, uh, some questions out there about whether it also treats symptoms of long COVID. What do you say? Well, that's, well, that's a good question. Um, you know, we know with the vaccines, there's less the people that are vaccinated have less long COVID. We don't know yet if people that have taken Paxlovid will have less long COVID. Um, you would think that that would be true, but it, it has yet to be proven. So there, there have also been recent reports, doctor, of people getting relapse COVID symptoms after using mm-hmm. the drug. What's happening there? Yeah. Well, that, that's what I was just referring to. So as soon as you stop the drug, like within a day, if you still have a lot of virus around, it can, it can basically come back. You can relapse it. But it's a very small percentage. What do you think this tells us about the effectiveness of the drug? Well, the drug is effective. What the, the question is, is five days enough? Or if you do rebound, should you take the Paxlovid again? So there's confusion out there. Um, Mr. Borla, the CEO of Pfizer, who manufactures the drug, said, oh, you should take another course. That makes sense from an infectious disease standpoint. However, the FDA, that was said, that was never studied, and it's not approved for that. So there's already, uh, there's already confusion about there, out there what to do. Why do you think that it's been so hard to access Paxlovid? Because there's no organi- there was literally no organization except for uh, a few places, such as New York City, uh, and the state of New York had a very good uh, organization structure to get the drug where it was needed. Every place else, they pretty much just left it up to the pharmacies that were distributing the drug. But you still need a doctor's order. You have to contact your doctor. Your doctor has to agree with you. 
to call the order in, and then you've got to find the pharmacy that has it. Now, over the last couple of weeks, um, that has improved dramatically as supplies have increased. And Dr. Fauci is right. I mean, it, it, you know, the, there's there's more drug out there uh, than expected, and uh, people are getting this prescribed all the time. But a lot of times they can't get through all those hoops. They can't get the prescription uh, called in by their doctor, and then they can't. There's they have they play a whole uh, game in trying to find the pharmacy uh, that uh, has the drug available. What's it been like for you calling it in for patients? Uh, uh, I, I'm calling in uh, approximately three prescriptions per day. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot out there. And I have to say that the access has improved considerably over the last just couple of weeks. Uh, a month ago, I had COVID. Uh, and it was a real game trying to find uh, the drug. But the the numbers uh, I've been, uh, the people I've been calling the prescription in for recently it's been much easier. So both Walgreens and CVS and other pharmacies that carry it, uh, they've gotten a little bit more organized in Illinois about uh, who's got access to the drug, and they're stocking more of the pharmacies now. Mm-hmm. So uh, you got to play a little game. You have to call your call a pharmacy, find out if they have it, then have your doctor call that pharmacy. So that our listeners are clear, doctor, tell us who is eligible for antiviral COVID treatments like this and, and who qualifies? Well, the study was done, and the EUA is approved for people who are 65 and older or anybody over 18 who has any underlying medical condition. And, and this includes really about 30% of the entire U.S. population, people that are overweight, people that are diabetic, people that have any kind of heart disease, people that have had cancer, um, people that have a variety of conditions where steroids are involved or the uh, immune system uh, is uh, altered. All those people qualify. It's uh, well listed on the CDC website Mm -hmm. as to to who is. And you don't have to actually prove that to the pharmacist. Your doctor still has to call it in. So it's really up to him to determine whether you're eligible. So if you're eligible for this antiviral and you don't have a primary care physician, what do you do? You're in trouble. Uh, and you may have to go to a clinic uh, or, you know, seek uh, immediate care someplace uh, and uh, get it uh, uh, called in there. Pfizer's increasing production of Paxlovid, and the, mm-hmm. the White House has announced that it's sending the drug directly to pharmacies. Are you any more hopeful that, that folks will be able to get Paxlovid quicker? I know you've, you've mentioned that there's been some improvement so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there has been improvement. Uh, I've you know personally witnessed uh, that improvement over the last couple of weeks, and uh, I'm happy to say that the drug is much more available. It's not that hard to track it down now. Um, for instance, uh, a month ago I was in Michigan, and I tried to call it in there. The closest pharmacy that had any packs of it was in South Bend, Indiana. Wow. <laughs> for the state of for the state of Michigan, that's over. Now it's in uh, many of the local pharmacies there. Yeah. And here in Chicago, uh, you know, again, just a month ago, within three or four weeks ago, you know, I would, uh, there was a 800 number I could call for, in, in this case it was Walgreens, but there was a different number for CBS. Uh, and, you know, on one day I called it, I called that number and they said, oh, you go down to 4700 South Halstead Street. That's the only place that has it in Chicago. So I sent somebody down there. 
And then later in the same day, I called, and they said, oh, you have to go to 5600 West Fullerton. You know, at least they knew where it was, but, I mean, you know, it was crazy. Wow. Uh, those, days are, those days are over now. Um, I would say, you know, uh, about 50% of the pharmacies are stocked. Well, while I have you here, Doctor, I do want to talk about the side effects of this treatment. I've heard so far of people getting Paxlovid mouth, which uh-huh. apparently makes their tongue kind of taste like burnt grapefruit. <laughs> yes, I've heard the same thing. You- One of my, a couple of my patients have mentioned that. Don't forget, this also happens with COVID. Um, so, you know, it might be a combination of COVID, because all these people are infected with COVID. So it may be COVID, uh, or it could be just the drug by itself. But most likely that side effect is uh, is limited. In the studies, they, they reported very small percentage of patients with those side effects. What else so should they're folks... they're minor. Okay, they're so they're minor. Common. Not, mm-hmm, not yep. too much to worry about. Uh, what else should folks know then, uh, just about getting a hold of this drug? Yeah, getting a hold of the drug, that's the most... That's step one. So, unfortunately, you're going to have to make a... If you, when you get diagnosed... Um, you can call your doctor. Your doctor may know exactly what to do. Uh, or you can just call a pharmacy right away and say, do you have this stock? I'm going to have my doctor call it in. Uh, and the patients can do that. And typically, they're going to find a place pretty close to their home. That is Northwestern Infectious Disease Specialist, Dr. Robert Murphy. Dr. Murphy, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Now we'll turn to someone who knows firsthand the struggles of getting Paxlovid, uh, a prescription. With us is Diana Barrent. She's the founder of Survivor Corps, a, na- a nonprofit that advocates for COVID survivors' research and policy. Hey, Diana, welcome to Reset. Hi, thanks so much for having me on. So I've uh, I've heard your story. You you've had a difficult time getting Paxlovid for your daughter. So tell us, uh, tell our listeners about that. Yeah, so just a little background. Um, Survivor Corps created the first portal for monoclonal antibodies in February of 2021, and we've been a real leader in trying to get access to these early therapeutics. And I had an incredibly difficult time getting it for my 15-year-old daughter. Just to clarify, Paxlovid is available for it's for 12 and up, not 18 and up. Um, you just have to weigh 88 pounds and qualify. My daughter has eczema, which is a autoimmune disease. It doesn't matter how severe the autoimmune disease. As long as you qualify, you qualify. And you don't need a doctor. The test-to-treat program is an incredible thing if it works. And to access it, if you just Google test-to-treat, it's run by HHS. Asper is the um, part of HHS that runs it. And you can find your local CVS or Walgreens and get tested on the spot and get your prescription filled right there. Um, so, of course, my daughter tested positive on a Sunday morning because that's what always happens. Yeah. And there was no way to get in touch with her pediatrician. And we went on a wild goose chase that took about 12 hours from beginning to end of getting the packs of it in hand. And that's with me being an expert and having every resource available to me. So it just shows how difficult it is to actually get your hands on this and how, um, you know, you really need to fight for it. And if you run up against dead ends, you have to just you have to be your own best advocate, your child's best advocate, your parents' best advocate. Your daughter's how old? She's 15. She's 15. So did Paxlovid end up helping her? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, she started it on a Sunday night. She she was symptomatic. Um, she had had COVID once before in March 2020 and was basically asymptomatic that time, which is also a sign that just because you have one experience one time, it does not predict what your experience is going to be the next time. And we, you know, once she started on on Sunday night, she was symptom-free within 24 hours and was testing negative within 48 and continued to test negative. And that's important. You need to keep on testing because we are seeing this relapse happen. And it might be that you need another course of Paxlovid. And it was just announced this morning that it could be that you need remdesivir in addition to the second round of Paxlovid or instead of. And that's a time to actually check with your doctor. Also, you want to check with your doctor if you have pre-existing conditions that require medication that wouldn't be considered by the pharmacy. You want to check with your doctor to make sure that there are no drug interactions that you need to be careful about. Well, Diana, to your earlier point, uh, we checked out your Twitter. You shared your experience there and you, you prefaced it by saying that you were, quote, a privileged white lawyer who runs the largest COVID movement in the world. What would you say you learned about our medical system through this experience? You know, I realized that there was basically, you know, there were numerous points during the day where I would have walked away, um, where if I was anyone else, I would have said, oh, it's not available. Oh, the doctor isn't, um, you know, at one point I was told that the doctor at urgent care, which was my third stop of the day, was not allowed to prescribe it. That's not true. Every doctor can prescribe whatever they want. But you need to, you know, ask these questions and then push. And, yes, go to the CDC website and look to see what are the qualifications. There are so many loopholes in who qualifies for Paxlovid that you could drive a mass truck through it. So if you're depressed, if you've had depression, ADHD, asthma, if you come from an underserved community, all of these things will qualify you, but you need to be prepared. And remember, there's no proof that you need to provide. It's self-attestation. So that you need to really be, you know, an incredible advocate for yourself and for others. And you need to have a plan before you get sick. You need to have a plan for others in your family because if you get slammed with COVID and you are really sick, it is so difficult to navigate you know, being well and being privileged and having all of these resources, you need to have a plan beforehand. Yeah. So it sounds like you're saying this access issue is is pretty widespread. Absolutely. And again, I I agree. Um, New York City has done an incredible job and is really a model for the rest of the country. But it's unfortunate that the rest of the country hasn't caught up. And, you know, there's really no excuse for that. We've been dealing with distribution of early therapeutics since winter of 2021. And, you know, initially there were a lot more complications because we were looking at infusions. This is the first one that is a pill. And so much, much easier to get treatment. And we're not taking advantage of that, which is really unfortunate because it is not an issue of supply. There is more than enough. It is sitting on shelves gathering dust. And the other thing to mention is you want to get it as soon as possible. I know there was a lot of talk when Vice President Harris was diagnosed with COVID and got Paxlovid pretty immediately on whether or not she was symptomatic enough to uh, to receive the treatment. 
That is not the case. You do not need to be symptomatic at all to receive it because you want to get it while you are still feeling good so you stay feeling good. Mm. When my daughter woke up that morning, my goal was to have her on the medication by that night, and ultimately I did, but it was quite, quite a road to get there. Yeah, and as we mentioned, Pfizer's increased production of this drug. Are you seeing at all that things are getting better? over the last couple months? I know it still sounds like there is a struggle there. Yeah, I would I would say in the last few weeks, things have improved, but it really seems to be based on the locality. Um, Connecticut seems to be doing well. Certain states are doing better than others. Um, a big part of the problem is that the physicians are not being kept up to date. Are They're not getting the guidance that they need to figure out when it's appropriate to prescribe, when it's appropriate to tell somebody to go to the test-to-treat program to get the medication immediately. And, you know, that having that gap in knowledge, people trust their doctors. And we're seeing so many physicians tell their patients, you don't qualify because you're not symptomatic enough. You are not, you don't qualify under the rules. The rules are much looser than people realize And that's why it's important to have a plan in advance. And if a doctor says no and you think that you qualify, keep on going. Keep on going. Find a pharmacist. Find a CVS minute clinic near you. I just went to the test to treat website and you just Google test to treat and it will come up. Mm -hmm. And I put in within one mile of my home and there were eight places that would both um, give you the test and give you the patch limit on the spot. Okay. Well, some improvement. That's Diana Barrett, founder of Survivor Survivor Corps. Diana, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.